You're listening to the Owner Build podcast, where each week, Paul Hemming from C-Link interviews experts on how small and medium-sized developers can level up their business through intelligent construction management. Hello and welcome to episode 30. The milestones just keep on coming. Um, of the Own the Build podcast with me, Paul Hemming. And today I am all alone without my co-host, Liam. Sad, sad times indeed. Curls is away again. If anyone is keeping track of it, I think that's now five that he's missed. He's always on holiday, as I've always said before. But yeah, there's going to be no one for me to take the mickey out of today. But fortunately, however, I am joined by a really, really interesting guest. So today our episode is titled The Benefits of Stripping Out ahead of design development. Very, very lucky. Usually when I speak to uh, to guests, I say I want to talk about a granular topic. I think this might be just about the most granular topic that anyone has ever come up with. It's a brilliant one. So um, we were joined by Carolina Hernandez, who is a Chartered Construction Project Manager, accredited with the MCOB, and is from uh, Box Associates and International Construction Consultancy. So clearly we're very fortunate to have Carolina here. How are you today, Carolina? I'm very, very well. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have um, you here. <laughs> I know we're it's just the two of us this today, but hey, hopefully <laughs> this will still be a great conversation. I'm sure it will. Kills, if I'm honest with you, he he doesn't really bring much to the party anyway. So <laughs> so I don't I don't I don't think we'll miss him too much. So so tell us about yourself, Carolina. Oh, right. So I think high level, like like you've mentioned, I'm a project manager for Box Associates. We are a consultancy. We advise our clients on cost and also um, program and project in general. But we also have um, contract administration that we take care of for clients. So it's, it's pretty much sort of um, all aspects of the project covered. And um, as a PM, we specialize in high-end residential, hotel, and hospitality work. Ooh, very cool. Yes. So um, we have two teams within our office. One is kind of more hospitality-focused. Um, I'm on the residential side. So our projects normally are above sort of seven, eight million and go up to maybe 15, 20 and up. That's in construction value. So they're, they're very large projects, mainly in central London, but we also have a, a couple. We have one in Cotswolds. We have projects in Paris, in Spain. So we're international and we're actually a very fun consultancy. <laughs> no way. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, yeah. And so, so you as a project manager, did you leave school wanting to be a project manager? How did you become a project oh gosh, manager? That's quite that's quite a story. Hey? We haven't got all day, remember? We got <laughs> I know, day. I know, just a quick one. Um, no, so randomly, um, I actually I've always sort of been interested in construction, but never took it, considered it a career for myself. Early days back in university, I was really interested in languages. So I, I'm originally from Poland and. When I moved to London when I was 18, I actually enrolled on a university degree in teaching English as a, teaching English as a foreign language and Spanish. 
So I was doing my languages and then I um, started working in project management within sort of language and advertising. And then through, you know, sort of being exposed to all these amazing properties and, you know, all this character around London and just the beauty of it, I thought, actually, you know, I've always wanted it. I've had some small exposure to it and let's take the next step. So I obviously enrolled on various courses and, and the key thing for me was actually getting a job with a contractor. So I started as an assistant PM and for a construction company and then carried on sort of progressing up and then moved to client side. And that's where, that's where I am today. Yeah, no, I'm very, I'm very happy. I, I, I really enjoyed working within a construction company, but I think client side is better. Why, why, <laughs> why do you say that? Um, I don't know. I, I think I just I just really like. Uh, I think we we deal with developers and we deal with private clients as well. And I think you know I think uh, being a consultant, there's quite a lot of strategy strategizing involved, and I like looking at the bigger picture of a project. Whereas sometimes, you know, um, the construction element is just that, it's just the element. And then you've got everything else around it as well. So I think consultants, you know, um, if you're a PM like myself, you actually get an overview of start to finish. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, it sounds like like a really great company that you work for. And... You say that you you get a, a view of the overall picture, but we're going to go down now. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go down a black hole that is just about the stripping out of buildings. So, um, yes. as I said at the start, the two of us were talking offline, and we said that I was asking you what is affecting you at the moment. What's what's a topic that means something to you? <laughs> Perhaps strange that strip out of buildings is is that, but it's really this is great. This is why we do the podcast. So. I would like to kind of approach this, the rest of the conversation, a little bit focused as if this is more of like a case study. So we're thinking about a a particular project, if that makes sense. So it can be the project that you're thinking about in your own head. We don't have to talk about where it is or what it is, but just a bit of an explanation. I can't take away. I've signed the NDA. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So you don't need to tell us any names, but give give us some context as to the type of construction. And I want to lay down the foundations for the conversation. So when we were talking offline, you said that you want to talk about timing the strip out works with a certain stage of the design. So where are you typically when you complete the strip out works in terms of design and the reba stages? I think it's it's twofold. On one hand, you've got the timing of it, which is really important. But the second thing is getting the most out of it. Because I okay. think it's quite an underappreciated stage. And the strip out, you mean? The strip out, yeah. So okay. obviously, I mean, it just depends on your project because exactly when you can carry out the strip out. I guess the the, the key things are obviously planning if your building is listed or there are any sort of planning considerations for you not be not being able to start with the strip out. Listed building consent can be an example, right? So if you you obviously have to wait for that, perhaps maybe something to do with the party wall agreements that might hold you back. But ideally, is as early as possible. Now there is a caveat to that. Once you strip something out, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then you are committed to yeah. actually finishing, which is an important one when you are dealing with you know a private 
owner like who you know might change their mind you know you never know can you get that back please yeah <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so but the those are the two things but generally you want to do it as soon as possible i guess the latest the absolute latest you can sort of make make it meaningful in the ways that i'd like to talk about is just before you issue your tender pack or you start preparing it because um you want to make sure that whatever information goes out to tender is spot on and as accurate as it possibly can be interesting now i want to go back and just uh, probe a little further into that sentence that you said which was i may misquote you but i think it was strip out is underappreciated now, okay. i think you may be the only person <laughs> on the planet who's ever said that word that sentence but what can you describe why you feel like that well i think a lot of i mean this isn't a a new concept you know to to strip a building out before you engage the main contractor perhaps you know get a, a separate strip out company to do that first but i think a lot of the times people only do it and only benefit from you know not having to pay the overheads and profit of a main contractor on a strip out package and that's where it ends whereas actually it's a great tool because it allows your design to become more accurate your pricing to become more accurate if you have enough time and you put enough resources to actually make use of it so what i mean by that is sometimes if you have the chance to strip out the building apart from obviously discovering i mean majority of the works the work that i cover are refurbishments and of existing buildings and therefore you know they have a an absolute plethora of issues that you can discover once you actually go back to brick and you know as best as being one you know um everyone does their surveys before they go on however as we know from past experiences there's plenty that you can discover as you sort of you know uh, strip a building out and i think the the key thing is you're just eliminating the risk the design risk that you'll have to redesign something once you get on site massive cost uh risk elimination because you know you're not discovering something with the builder actually on site you're discovering something before anyone ever gets on site so that you know you're ultimately trying to minimize your delays to the whole project because that will cost you and yeah i think in terms of the design the strip out isn't underappreciated because people do just that they just they strip out and that's it i've known so many projects that they did do the strip out but they didn't they'd never done a post strip out measured survey and that is the key because once you have the revised information from you know to update your designers then that's when normally when i sort of plan out my projects there is a almost like a post strip out gateway whereby you know the designers have a little update to their information so that it's accurate and you know that's really important for your m&a planning for your um services coordination it's really important for your quantities you know i mean you're a qs <laughs> you're a qs so that will appeal to you you know it it makes a difference if your ceiling turns out to be 
300 millimeters higher or something, you know? Yeah. I, I, I like that post strip out gateway. And so you're effectively giving more information to the design team. Yes. What, excuse the ignorance, but so you do your strip out, I'm assuming you then kind of do some kind of survey as well, which then that is the information which is translated back to the designer in your post strip out gateway. What does that look like? What does it involve? So obviously timing is key. So, and you can't always, you want to make sure that you're delivering a project that is the most time efficient manner of delivering it. That means that you cannot normally afford for the designers to wait until the project's stripped out for you then to kind of start designing it. That would be the ideal, but nobody has time for this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so obviously your designers are working as the strip-out package is being tendered out and as you're getting the strip-out underway. So the design is progressing. However, if you let the designers know early enough that there will be information that is coming in that may affect them slightly in advance, they'll be prepared for that. And they will, they'll be much easier about updating their information to the findings. Again, you're looking, you know, if you're working on a project like this one or that one or that one, <laughs> there, you know, consultant fees are, they, they all adapt. So if there's a, if there's a clear vision from the beginning that we're going to strip it out, we're going to update the information and this is when you're going to receive it. I think everyone's very much on the same, they have the same goal. Absolutely. And so that is in Reba design stages. Where are they? It's stage so, two, three, four? I would say I would say three, maybe four. Okay. Latest latest four, because obviously you're you want to get it all wrapped up before you tender the project out. Absolutely. So really you're kind of starting the conversation between stage two and three with the design team that we're doing this survey and I'm going to give you the post strip out gateway which is going to give you further information which then means that by the time you get to stage four we're going to have fixed and final information yeah, effectively. Absolutely. Excellent that all makes <laughs> sense to me Carolina. Let's talk more after this break. I wanted to take a quick break from the show to share a message from our sponsor, C-Link. C-Link is software designed to streamline the process of subcontract procurement. It's a platform that helps SME developers and main contractors stay agile whilst replicating the commercial scale and savvy of large contractors. If you want to save a guaranteed minimum 5% against budget construction costs on your next project, head to www.get.c-link.com slash podcast to find out more. If you're driving or working out right now and didn't catch that URL, don't sweat it. We've included the link in the description box for this episode. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back, Carolina. So we're, we're, we're talking now about the best way to do it. I really understand how you now think is the best way to time things. Could you describe your experiences 
with timing the strip out slightly differently and how that then impacted the projects that you've worked on before? Um, so obviously the other alternative is that you include the strip out within the main body of works with your main contract uh, packages. And it, it, it's not to say that it cannot work. <laughs> it, it works. You know, you have one point of responsibility and that's all, that also has its benefits. But I think in terms of timing and actual program gain, you do gain quite a bit on a on a project um, I did recently we actually managed to gain about six weeks in total on the overall program and that's what that's why I mentioned um, sort of the overview of a project right because the construction element is just one part of it but obviously I'm thinking I'm thinking planning I'm thinking you know sales afterwards I'm thinking everything around it so um, there is also program gains to it, but the, the big thing is, is the elimination of risks. And with that come savings, but you, know, you would never know about, well, you wouldn't necessarily know about them because you've obviously done everything right at the beginning. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Uh, effectively, by putting it all with the main contractor or single point of responsibility, whoever that is, um, you're effectively handing over the reins to the survey. There's always going to be things that we're going to find during the strip out yeah. that effectively either change the design or change the installation sequence or scope. Mm. And by doing it with them, you're giving them the opportunity to either extend the program through variations or extend their budget through variations. So actually, not only is this a really intelligent way that you're arguing for us to manage the design and manage the program because it's going to be easier that way but potentially it's removing a load of cost because you'll actually find those issues you'll tell them about them they'll price them when they're feeling uber competitive <laughs> uh, they'll include it in their program at tender stage as well and you kind of capture it all as one there as well on that project uh, which you mentioned you saved six weeks in the overall and we're not just to reiterate again we're talking here from concept design and planning all the way through to the very end where you're selling or assisting in the sale of these um, and marketing of these units but so it's not just the construction but how and where did you save those six weeks so it's basically you know what we did i mean it, it's just on this particular project the stripper would probably take us around six weeks time so instead of it being carried out post-tender when we have the contractor on board, we shifted that earlier, which then, you know, if we moved the strip out and run it along, uh, alongside the design, which is what we did, you know, that then allowed us to have a shorter program because, you know, there's also a great beauty in doing it for contractors because what they do is they step on site when it's beautiful, it's clean, it's a, it's a clean slate, they're ready to go, you know, there's no kind of slow start. I hate that. I like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, because, you know, you, sometimes you do get a contractor to site and, you know, by the time they get going and, you know, they have to do their little setups and everything. Whereas if the building's stripped out, they're very, very much like, Right. It's We're perfect. Ready to go. It's ready to go. That's really That's interesting. Good. On episode 28, so a fortnight ago, we were actually talking and we we're talking more about 
subcontractors, but not it's a very similar concept and how you would we were talking about communication and the power of communication. It's not necessarily talking, it's much more than that. We were talking about how you could encourage a new contractor on site by giving them here's your tender pack, this is exactly where you're working, clean new area, and that as a as a bit of communication really allows to build momentum on site, makes them feel welcome on site, helps them to really get the site moving. So you're describing a very similar thing there where rather than coming on site and they've got to do the strip out and then everything that comes with that, you've got this, you as the client are able to prepare this site for them, which is no excuses, we're kind of ready to go. Is that how you manage things? Yeah, I think I think that's that's the idea. You know, I think contractors, subcontractors, they just want to turn up to site, do what they were asked to do, get paid, and move on to the next job. That's what they want to do. That's what we all. That's what we all. We want all to want do. to do it. Don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you know, I think making it easy for them, you're halfway there because the worst thing is when you're trying to think on your feet when you're already on site and there are these various loose ends around you, I think that just causes a bit of a, you know, um, difficulty for everybody. This is why the world and more projects need chartered construction project managers. It's really, really good. It's, it's really logical thinking, but it's creating an environment that allows your contractors and trades or whoever else to really flourish on site effectively. Exactly. Very, very interesting. <laughs> I, I, I'm really enjoying this, actually. And um, what other issues are, are important to you once once you have the contractors on site? How how do you then do you have any other? You know, I think because I every project manager's dream is to start a project from the ground up, from the beginning. Nobody enjoys kind of inherited projects. Right. Same for QSs. I always used to hate getting dragged onto a project that had exactly. already been half QSed. <laughs> yeah. So I think for for just general projects, the key thing when you do get the chance to set up before you even get your contractor on board is getting the right design team on board, and that's when that's how that's when your design really starts. It doesn't start when you know the architect is putting a pen to paper or anything like that, it actually starts when you interview them for the job. And I think that's something that a lot of consultancies perhaps maybe don't do, or a lot of project managers don't do. They just get the quotes in. Yep, you know, he's sort of good for it based on the experience, but they never meet them. And that's like, that's such a, that's such a big thing for me to meet the team before we actually, because I want to know whether they have similar mindset. And so when we get to site, when, you know, when there is, when we do have a contractor on site and I need something resolved quickly, I know that I have people that can rely on because they will get back to me. They'll understand the urgency that will never be shown in a quote. <laughs> yeah, no, it's <clears throat> again, and this is the beauty of hosting this podcast and speaking to lots of interesting people. Again, that's a little bit of a snippet that we had on an episode probably two or three months ago now, where you would never award a contract to a contractor without having met them. But there is a bit more of a, a propensity almost with a consultant, with your design team to not treat it with exactly the same level of 
respect as you would with a contractor. There's a load of risk with a contractor. All architects are good. All of them are going to be fine. They're all, you know, that's fine. We can treat them, treat the tender process slightly differently. So another bit of advice, and it might sound simple, would be that treating the tender process with your consultants in a very similar way to... Absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, meeting... So I think definitely your key consultants... I mean, you know, sometimes you work on projects where there's a team of 15 disciplines, right? And that's, you know, it, sometimes it may just simply not be possible to meet every single We don't family. all work on snazzy <laughs> hotels like you, Carolina, with all of these fancy consultants. Well, but, you know, like if you, you have your key consultants, it doesn't matter how, how big or small your project is, mm-hmm. but, you know, you have your key consultants, people that you're going to be around for with, you know, you, you want to get on, get on well with them and, and you want to make sure they would get on well with each other as well. But just as important, I mean, we do it for contractors, like you said, and the, the thing that we do for contractors is, apart from obviously meeting, speaking to them, for me, the most important part is meeting the site manager. I don't really put too much importance to meeting the director of the oh, I thought you were going to say QS there. I thought that's just me. <laughs> QS. <laughs> Definitely well, don't care about the QS, right? No one does. <laughs> My QS cares about the QS. <laughs> I care about I care about it as well. But. <laughs> no, no. Um, so yeah, but you know, I some companies that we work with, they have a lot of layers, and but the the person you want to speak to is your site manager. Mm-hmm. That is you. You want to know what kind of a person is it. If I throw a problem at him or her. I'm yet to meet one, a female site manager, but you, really? know, you never know. And if you find one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but if I, if I throw a, pro- a problem, you know, will it be a quick sketch on the wall or will it be, oh, yeah, I'm not right, sure about that, that. Yeah. you know. <laughs> so it, it's just, you kind of, that's really important. And obviously seeing the completed work is really nice, but seeing the in-progress work is also really important. So whichever contractors I normally vet, I go to see their completed projects, but also ones that are on site. I want to see the plant rooms. I want to see their health and safety setup. I want to see those items because that tells me much more than seeing a gloss, glossy brochure with you know their completed stuff. T- totally. And and do you do the same with your design team? I know you can't necessarily go to one of their sites for you how do you do that with them yeah i think for design teams i um the key thing for me is seeing their drawings Mm -hmm. (laughs) so when they come to the interview they definitely need to bring a pack of their drawings i want to see how detailed they are i want to see how easy to read you know because you would think that an architect is just an architect like everyone and every architect draws things the same way they do not (laughs) i know yeah so frustrating eh? So, no, I definitely, you know, seeing, seeing the drawings is a good start if you can't actually get to, to site. And, you know, speaking, to, I think speaking to people, you know, working in high-end residential is quite a small group of people, actually. Um, so you do get to know them quite well. And, um, you know, people move between different consultancies. But I like, I like pinpointing my people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be working with you and yes. with you. Exactly. I, I follow them because I know when I like someone and they share the same values as me, then that really makes the project so much easier. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are those values 
hardworking. <laughs> they have to be hardworking. It's all about the graft and it's all about the commitment. You know, they have to, they, they can't try and fob me off with them away. <laughs> <laughs> so even when they're on holiday? You're, no, you're no. After you know, of course we need to know our boundaries but you know i if they do go on holiday they they better make sure someone's briefed in their office you know it's just it's just little things like that we just want committed people and people who are there but i think the the thing that i've struggled the most and i have found some good people is just thinking ahead being proactive so sometimes you get a structure engineer is coming for the interviews and some of them pretty much mark up the entire scheme they're halfway there with their designs you know because and it's it's just that they, they show that proactive element they say look this is what we would do it's simple a lot of the stuff is really really simple and people unnecessarily try to complicate it so it's like I like seeing that I like seeing people thinking ahead and and I, I like that from my site managers as well. And that's, like, why, that's why you've got to interview them, right? As you've yeah. got to understand how they approach things, see how they approach things. Hopefully they uh, bring things very proactively, as you just explained with the engineers. Yeah, 100%. And you strike me, Carolina, as someone who is very curious and wants to learn a lot. What, what are you curious about in the industry at the moment? What, what are you learning about? I think, well, modular construction is something that is at the helm of sort of future of construction, right? So this is what we're all concentrating about. So that's something I'm naturally interested in. I don't really get that much exposure to it. It's coming in slowly, but I think in that niche that I'm in, it's not as widespread. Yeah, does it fit well with high-end residential? I guess not, because I always think of modular construction as more, it's about... Quantity. <laughs> exactly, it's turning out units as opposed to high-end, it's quite the opposite, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, there's, for example, there's quite a lot of BIM use and, you know, using that for clash detection and, you know, there's multiple of multiple services that need to be coordinated, so it's used for that. So I think getting familiar with that is something that I do sort of professionally. But you know what, I think as important as, as sort of growth on like a technical level is, and I, this is the reason why I'm so happy in construction because, and that's why I'm, I'm happy to stay in construction because you'll never know everything. That's Far from, so, cause, because it's such, it's <laughs> such, such, a, such a broad industry. I mean, you can yeah. go into so many different avenues and, you know, so I, I love that about construction. And I think, you know, your podcast shows that as well showcases that wonderfully but i think as a project manager i think my learning a lot of my learning is actually to do with communication <laughs> which um you know this is this is an area that i work on actively you know through books and podcasts and you know just learning about it more because i think that's a real strength of a really really good project manager because there can be people who are super experienced, but if they can't lead a team, then it's not going to be a success. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So what I have learned today is that, number one, I'm going to take this sentence with me everywhere I go, strip out, 
is underappreciated. Oh, that's it. That's in my pocket. I'm taking that. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, but so with, with with the strip out, um, there is lots of time and there is lots of money to be made by detaching it, doing it early on, communicating with your design team that you're doing that, so that isn't a surprise to them, and then you have a clean start with your contractor, and then also. It's just, it's nice to hear you reiterating what someone else has said about the interview and the importance of the interview, not only with your contractors, but also with your consultants. And that was a wonderful uh, conversation. We could talk, I never knew we could talk so much about the timing <laughs> of Strip Out and many other things, but it's been really wonderful to have you on the show, um, Carolina. I'll be dropping Carolina's details as well as Box Associates details in the episode description and thank you very much for being an amazing guest today Carolina. Thank you Paul, thank you for having me. <laughs> no, it's been a real it's been a real pleasure and finally I would just like to say thank you to everyone who is listening as well. I've been getting more and more amazing feedback actually from listeners. It it never ceases to amaze me. People dropping me messages saying that they're enjoying the show. So Please feel free to keep on messaging me because it is compelling us to focus even more energy onto the show. Um, if you're listening, drop me a connection on LinkedIn, introduce yourself. It'd be cool to talk to you. And until next week, when I think we might have Liam back, that's everything really. So thanks again, Carolina. It's been lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, Paul. Awesome. See you later. Bye. Bye.